Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 293. And today in the show, I'm joined by Dan Nine Fingers Johnson and Josh Furter-Hilliard to set the stage for the upcoming season, dissecting our goals, hopes, and hit lists for 2019. All right, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Onyx. And we've got a good show for you today because already myself and my two uh, partners in crime, I guess you could call them. We've already been laughing. We've already been making inappropriate sexual jokes. We've already, uh, <laughs> we've already had a really good start to the conversation before we started recording. So it should just go swimmingly from here. We got Dan Johnson and Furter Hilliard. And, uh, Dan, I got to tell you something. Okay. Me and Josh Furter Hilliard were going up north to my family deer camp earlier this summer. And it was me, him, and my dad. We're in the truck at the gas station. And we'd like, I don't know, Josh had to take a big dump or something. So he was in the bathroom for a really long sure. time. Sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he finally came out. And as he's walking to the truck, from the other side of the parking lot, someone all of a sudden yells, Furter! Oh! He's yeah. got some clout now. Yeah. He's yeah. got yeah. some clout. I don't care about Mark. I no. don't care about Mark. It was it was pretty great. That's awesome, yeah, Mark. That's you're lucky you got to hang out with me that day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> hey, dude, can I get your picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the three of us are here today because we need to do our annual goals, hopes, and hit lists podcast, in which we kind of like to just set the stage for the upcoming hunting season. Um, I think we've done this every single year of the podcast, Dan. Right? I think so. Basically, uh, the gist will be we'll kind of run through each one of us and talk about like what's the final schedule for the year, where are we going, what are we doing, what are some of our kind of tangible goals, maybe what are some of our pie-in-the-sky hopes, um, if there's any specific bucks we're after, any specific, I don't know, projects or things that we just want to make sure we really do well this year. I want to kind of touch on all that. Um, I have a few ideas and notes of what I want to kind of cover through each of us, but 
you know, let's just see where this goes. If all of a sudden we decide we want to talk about, I don't know, Furter's bathroom schedule, we can do that if need be. Um, speaking of my which. Goal, my goal is to completely no. de- derail this episode, by the way. Yeah, yeah and I know we're Furter. That's, that's, we, can, we can be done with the bathroom schedule stuff. I know where this is going, so we can just. Uh, <laughs> we can just. <laughs> You know, I, he works. On, he works for the QDMA, Mark. We can't like besmirch, yeah. besmirch if that's even a word. Yeah, it is. I'm a professional man. He's a professional now. You're right. He's a professional. And when a professional visits another professional for an appointment, you shouldn't talk about it publicly, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like HIPAA stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's HIPAA stuff. So we'll keep Josh's HIPAA-related news just to the three of us. But uh, Dan, be be easy on him. Be gentle to Josh today. Oh no, I like Josh. It's you that I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dan. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to have some backup once in a while. I know, right? Uh, so that's you give him too hard of a time. Yeah, he really does, man. He really does. The only reason why I give him a hard time is because I know he can handle it, and because I love him. Right? You think he can handle it? In his mind, he's actually plotting to murder you. <laughs> If I got murdered, if I got murdered, do you think he'd be the number one suspect in most people's eyes? Like when they get that news, like, oh, probably Furter probably snapped. It's either it's either Furter or the guy who thinks we swear too much on this (laughs) podcast (laughs) or talk about kids too much. That's right. Uh, So I can I can add into that convo now. I feel like I I can add in on that that topic. Did you know that, Dan? Josh, he has he has has a kid. Yeah. Yeah. He has a baby. I saw that. So I can I can give the classic, hey Mark, if you hear a, a kid crying in the background, just uh, <laughs> just we'll just keep going. We can edit that out. We'll... <laughs> he actually was crying when we first started, so hopefully you can't hear him. If but you, I'm going to give you one piece of advice right now. Don't have three. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed really hard, Dan, when you wrote that. Like I put up a little picture on Facebook <laughs> or something, just like uh, Wade is my son's name when, when Wade was born. And Dan comes in from left field, like, don't have three. Like, no congrats, <laughs> nothing like that. It's like, don't have three. I, just, I laughed really hard at that. I had a, I had a good chuckle. Uh, I feel you like- should see our house. Like, <laughs> it looks like an abandoned storage shed. I mean, there's just, <laughs> I mean, it is just trashed. And me and my wife, we try really hard to, to keep it clean. Oh, no, man. Nah, man. It's like it's like they have an agenda. It's like, oh, let's wake up and trash the house. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you do it because I already feel like that is the case with one kid. So three, terrifying. But that kind of ties into one of the first things I did want to ask you about, Dan. Not quite getting into our main topic, but um, when we were on the show last time together, maybe it was the time before that. Um, like over the course of the summer, we, we first talked about this idea of trying to institute some new good habits. Next yep. time we chatted, we said, Hey, we're going to run, we're going to try to run three miles at least three times a week. And then we're going to keep each other accountable on it. And since that point, you and me have been texting each other throughout the week with updates on how we're doing. And I just want to come out and commend you because I feel like you've done a damn good job of it. Like we've been getting yeah. the little Onyx trackers going and sending each yep. other a screenshot of how far we ran each day and where we went and uh, been pretty darn on point. So yeah. uh, pat on the back. Now, yeah. And that's, I, I tell you what, um, it's kind of funny. There's nights where I'm sitting in my chair. It's eight o'clock at night or nine, eight, almost nine. 
the kids are finally in bed and I could either take that moment to just relax in silence, but I can't let that bastard Mark Kenyon beat me <laughs> in anything. So I have, I have to get up and go for a run just so I can send you a screenshot of what yep. I did. Yep. It's perfect. It's perfect. And it really does help me too. Cause I know like my crap, Dan sent me three, three screenshots already. One day he went like five miles or something. If I get lazy, I can't be the pansy of the group. So it's been getting me going too. So right. I like that it. along with, you know, we, we do our runs and then every once in a while we'll, you know, here's the target here. I'm shooting my bow or whatever. And yep. uh, now I, I haven't maintained to the three miles, three times a week schedule because I'm adding in different exercises and, and workouts into that. Yep. But for the most part, I'm running at least two times a week, six miles. Um, and six miles a week and, and then adding in another exercise in on that. And man, it's got me jacked for uh, the mountains. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Just having that, just something to get your day going in a positive direction, working towards the fall, at least for me, I, I like yeah. doing that now. It's, there's that little moment when it's either late at night or for me, it's early in the morning when I could make that choice. Like you just, like you said, like, ah, I just want to relax for a moment and in that second, I don't want to go run or whatever, but always after I did it, I'm always very glad. And yeah. I feel like just from there on out, it's better. So like today, didn't want to get up, but I knew got to get out, hammer my three miles out and then shoot my bow. And it just feels like I made progress. And that's a good yeah. feeling. So it's a fact. Kudos on I gotta, that. I got to get on this train with you guys. I need some, I need some accountability partners on do, that kind of stuff. Do you want Do you want in on the group text? Oh yeah, you got a group text going for that. I mean, it's a well, two. It's, it's a two person. It's two, well, <laughs> let's make it a three person. I need some accountability on on some fitness stuff. I got to get myself back in shape. This ain't a joke, Furter. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I'm dead serious, man. So I'm if you're gonna serious. do this, you got to do it. No effing I'm around. In. I, I'm in. I'm in. Right. I right. just. I. Uh, I, I think this is quite common, but man, I put on some pounds during the pregnancy. And, oh, you, uh, you, you should see him. You should see him, Dan. He, he's just a bunch of different ovals and circles. Yeah. Just pulled the ripcord. <laughs> just pulled the ripcord. Just a big old boat. <laughs> oh man! So I, I've been I've been meeting a couple of guys and and doing some like weighted pack hikes over the last couple of weeks, a couple of times a week, and that's been good. But I just need to get some more cardio and try to cut some of this weight by uh, by the fall. The old sympathy weight. Luckily, yep. I had my sympathy weight on before my wife got pregnant, so I really didn't need to add any any more. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep well, that I, consistently I, hanging on. Right, right. Here's been here's been the worst part. You know, people are coming to visit, and like we're getting like cakes and cookies and like all this stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, it's never gonna end. Mm -hmm. Right, and I, I just have no willpower for that kind of stuff. So I, I need I need some. Uh, some accountability partners on that. So add me to the group text. That's uh, what three miles, three times a week. Yep. Do that. Yeah. Uh, Got to shoot your bow, all that stuff. Yep. Perfect. All right. We're not going to take it easy on you. We'll probably come at you hard. If you, if you, I, miss I beat. need that. I need that with this kind of stuff. I, I need to be picked on and made fun of for this okay. kind of stuff. So I, well, I feel like I'll fit right in. So there's Absolutely. this, there's this GIF. You guys know what a GIF is or GIF. I don't know how you say it. GIF or GIF. It's like an animated image. And yep. if you ever bail on one of the times you're supposed to go running, I'm just going to always send, there's one, like if you're, if you're using an iPhone, a frequent GIF for some reason that shows up in like the 
options if you just start to search. There's this picture of like a guy with a bunch of hot dogs being thrown at his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna send that to you repeatedly. <laughs> and you take it. I think over it probably shows it shows up in your suggestions because you probably use that too much. <laughs> <laughs> that might be. So how was your weekend? And then he sends that gift to you. <laughs> So we got to stay staying on track here. Yeah, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Other than other than the physical fitness type stuff, which is important for us with a lot of the trips we got coming up. How does everybody feel with their summer preparation so far? Because we're almost in mid-August. We're almost down to the last like two, two and a half weeks of summer. Um, Dan, how are you feeling about your prep other than the physical stuff? Coming with your with your hunts, your elk hunt, your mule deer hunt, your whitetail stuff. Are you where you need to be? You're close to it? Yeah, I think I'm I'm fairly close. Uh, I think the next big thing for me is putting together the official gear list and getting everything organized. Right? I've I've done my work physically. Um, I've done a majority of my preparation this summer has been done on the elk side and on the mule deer hunt side. Um, you know, I'm I'm going back to a farm that I've hunted now for nine years, eight or nine years now. So I know that farm. I know how it operates. I don't have, I have two tree stands up there. I've checked my trail cameras once. I'll go back, uh, next weekend to check the trail cameras and possibly put up some more tree stands. But from the whitetail side of things, it's just been, I'm going back into old territory, right? So I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say I'm 100% prepared, but I'm not underprepared just because of everything I already know about the farm. Okay. So on a 1 to 10 scale, for your Western hunts on a 1 to 10 scale, where would you say your level of preparedness is at? Honest assessment. Honest assessment. And I know I know where I'm going. This is a the same place I went last year for my elk hunt. So we, we know the area roughly. We're going a week later hoping to catch the beginning of the elk rut. And I feel other than having to purchase a couple items for gear, I have everything. Um, physically, I'm going to ramp it up. Like I've, this week was actually ramp up week where for the next month I'm going hard until it's time to leave. So I would say I'm probably at a seven right now as far as being prepared for the Western hunts. Um, the, the mule deer hunt that's coming in October, this is a public land, get out of your truck, go hunt. Like we have no idea other than what information we've researched online or have been told by people who have shared information with us. It's just one of those things where it's going to be a shoot from the hip hunt. So what's your number on that one? More of a five? Yeah, it's well, I don't I don't even really want to give it a number because I'll be prepared for it. Like right now, I'm probably at a seven with that one too, just for the fact that we're going into it blind. So I don't think there's a a, a way to be a hundred percent prepared for a hunt like that. For sure. And then on the whitetail side, uh, man, I'm not like I'll say I'm at a nine right now. I mean, I usually, and I think we've talked about this in the past, man. I put my tree stands up, I put them in the good spots, but I never use them. So I'm not really concerned this year that I have, I guess I don't have as many tree stands up as I, I do in the past. 
So it'll just be more running and gunning. And that's something that I'm completely comfortable with. So it's not like I, I feel bad that I don't have my, you know, some trail cameras out or I have, you know, some other things, you know, my, my tree stands out. I just know that I'll, I'll fall right back into my routine early September after I get back from the elk hunt or, you know, maybe before I go on my elk hunt, I'll switch my cameras off of my mineral stations to the traditional pinch points, bedding areas, uh, you know, fence crossing type areas where, uh, I get more rut deer movement. And, and then from there, it's just falling in line and falling into that routine, uh, of, of the season. Yeah. Off and running. Yep. What about you, Fertz? Uh, one through 10 scale on your summer preparations. How are you feeling coming into the 2019 season? Oh man, like a three or a four. <laughs> I just like, like have had almost zero time for any of that stuff. Um, with the new baby, he's like six weeks old day so it's just been it's just been crazy the last couple of weeks just kind of figuring out our new life and doing all that stuff and um so I, I feel very underprepared for like my personal um hunting um i am planning a couple like mentored hunts and stuff like that that I, i'm feeling much better about so hopefully we'll, we'll get some other people on some deer um and i've been doing quite a bit of planning for a, a trip that we're doing um in october i'm feeling pretty good about that but in terms of like my personal hunting here in michigan i, I feel very uh under prepared so it's going to be a a race to october 1st here over the next couple of couple of weeks yeah why are you under prepared just, i just haven't i just haven't given it the time that i need to give it i mean like do, are you hunting in a uh a farm I, that you've hunted every year no, or no, public no, no. land I, or what I'm primarily hunting public land Okay. Um, I've got like a small piece that I have access to, um, privately here that I, that I hunted last year for the first time. Um, I figured a few things out on that one, but I need to get out there and, and, um, do a little bit more on it. I'm hoping to get out there over the next couple of weeks and prep a couple of trees for, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm primarily running and gunning. I'm going to switch over to a saddle this year. So I need to get out there and prep a couple of trees for a saddle. You're um, so cool. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to be like Mark. <laughs> I want to be just like Mark. So, um, if you're trying to be so cool, I, that's a bad plan. Yeah, I know, I know. But so, yeah, man, I just like I need to do a lot more scouting than than what I've done, and um, I've I've severely lacked on that. Um, I, I feel like I still have a little bit of time, so I'm not like totally freaking out yet. Um, but I need to get on it. So that that that'd be the number one reason why I just feel underprepared. Yeah. I feel like, and and I know you know I'm going to say this, and it's the same old, so yep. don't mind me, but I think access is Josh's challenge. So, oh, yeah. yeah. See, uh, I think Josh a little bit doesn't like knocking on doors, right? That's probably something you're not that's, too keen on doing. Yeah, no, that's right. And yeah. so most of the spots he's hunting are public land or it's spots where, you know, like me and him hunt together or him and another buddy are hunting together. And that's great, but there's something to be said about having a spot that's like just yours or just, that you yeah, got all your I, own and that you can be out yep. there whenever you need. Um, yep. So I'm sure, you know, I know it's hard to get that time right now, but once you do get that time, then 
it's going to happen for you one of these times where you're going to knock yep. on a door somewhere. You're going to get that hundred acres that maybe it's just you or one other random person, but you know, right. you can get out there whenever you want and you can run your own cameras and you can hang your own stands. I think that'll be like a, a good thing for you. That'd be a game changer for me. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, if, but, if anybody's listening has a hundred acres, uh, <laughs> <laughs> preferably a mile from your house. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. That's a big thing. There's been a couple pieces like, you know, down by Mark, he had some leads for, and it was going to be, I mean, it's like an hour and a half for me to get down there and just, you know, this year out of any, I just think I need to be a little closer to home because I think I'm just going to have to pop out when I get a chance. Right. So it's just going to be a quick afternoon hunt or, or get, get there for a morning hunt and be back for the afternoon and, you know, help my wife out with some stuff. And so it's just going to be a, a little bit different year with that kind of stuff where I'm not going to be able to, I don't know how many all day sits I'm going to be doing. You know what I mean? Um, it, it'd be nice to have something close to home where I can just pop out and, and sit for the morning or, or get out there for the afternoon hunt and um, still be able to fulfill my obligations here at home. So so with that in mind, then, walk me through uh, real quick for you, Josh, what you think your hunt schedule is going to look like this year. What, where are you going to be hunting? What's that going to mm-hmm. look like? Sure, sure. So, so October, um, October is going to be probably my my best time um in terms of having a full month to hunt my my weekends in october will be limited that like like i said i've got two different mentored hunts for work that i'm basically uh in charge of i've got one the first weekend in october and one the second weekend of october um you know there's some logistical things that i'm gonna have to take care of for that and some planning um that'll take a time take some time from my from those weeks but i'm hoping to get out a couple of times during the week um, fortunately with my schedule, uh, you know, working from home, I have the ability to, to hunt a little bit more during the week than, than some people. So, um, that stuff's going to be just be primarily public land around my house here, um, or within, you know, an hour or so to drive from my house. Um, and then we're, I don't know, can I say what we're doing in October? Like, yeah. Is that yeah. good? Yeah. Do some hunting with me on yeah, the new so, farm? Yeah. We're well that, and then our, our trip that we're going to take, um, so where are you guys gonna, going? We're going, can I, is this, uh, is this good to say? <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this. Are we, are we, okay. This is yeah. public. So we're, we're going I feel like we're having like a minute. coming out or something. What is this, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> is this yeah, cool to say? announcement. No, we're, uh, we're heading up to the boundary waters in Minnesota to do a, like a canoe in hunt up there for whitetails. Oh, crazy. Um, so we're like budgeting a week for that trip. So that's going to, that's going to be, uh, uh, one of my hunts in the end of October. Really looking forward to that one. Um, should be a lot of fun, but again, I've, I've been spending a lot of time on, on logistics for that one. There's a lot that goes into that one. So, um, that's cool. And then, uh, November, I'm just gonna, you know, try to find a hot spot. That's probably going to be the the time when I'm spending a little bit more time in a little piece of a private I have access to, um, again, hopefully during the week when some of the other guys that, um, have permission to hunt, it won't be there as much. How big is it? Um, I think it's like 60 acres, 70 okay. acres, something like that. So it's not huge. I know there's at least two other guys that hunt it, maybe another another one. Um, some of those guys just primarily gun hunt it. So I think if I can get out there during the week, I'll have I'll have it to myself. And uh, I've had a, I have a pretty good line of communication with this other guy that hunts it. So we kind of let each other know when we're going to be there and try to stay away um if one of us is going to be out there so it works out well but i'm hoping to get out there and uh you know spend some time out there in november and, and hopefully october too if, if uh 
I'm hoping to get a camera out there. So if I see something going on, I'll, um, I'll get out there. So, um, the only downside about that place, Mark, is it sounds like they didn't get the fields planted in anything this year. Oh, really? Nothing. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's not great. Um, especially for early season stuff. Um, but I, I think there'll be some, some cruisers in there late October and, and November. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of my my plan. I think a lot of it's just going to be uh, winging it and getting out when I when I can. So, and then you got November gun, you know, November gun season. Yep, up at deer camp, and then uh, um, you know that's always uh, something I'm looking forward to. And man, I feel like this year, like I'm more excited for that um, for that trip than I have been in a long time. I feel like things just keep getting better and keep getting better and keep getting better. And like last year, was like really close to making it happen. Yep. Um, I, I've got a lot of I got a lot of hope and confidence um, for this year. That's probably like if we're talking about goals, like that'd probably be like my number one goal would be to kill a good buck up there. That'd be awesome. It would be. So it would be. Um, and I agree. I feel like uh, the Northern Michigan Deer Camp is making steady progress. So um, okay, so that if that's one of your goals, what what else would be? considered a goal for you this year given it's kind of a tough tough set of circumstances this year with time and everything yeah what would, no, I mean, I, what would that look like i honestly like my my buck goals um you know i'm my kind of standards are like a three and a half year old um i, I think my best chance for that is going to be um that small piece of private that i have access to um but man i would be i would be stoked if i killed a good one on public and i've i've got a few spots that i've i've, I've found that i think it could maybe happen um we'll see um but i think really just kind of filling my freezer with with some deer or with some does would be um good for this year i'm getting low on venison um have another another mouth to feed um you know as he's getting older and eating real food um so it'd be nice to it'd be nice to put a couple of does in the freezer this year um to kind of get a good restock of, of venison um so I mean, if I could if I could put two does in the freezer this year, I'd be I'd be really happy. Um, you know, obviously I'd, I'd love to kill a buck. That's that's what I'm going to be shooting for. Um, you know, really the whole season. But if I can take a doe here or there, um, that'd be that'd be awesome. And I really like to I'd really like to kill one of those does on public land with my bow. That'd be cool. So two does and a three and a half year old buck, and it'd be even better if you got that big one up north. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think my goal for our Minnesota trip would be to see a deer. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's my hope for up there. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable goal to have. What about you, Dan? What's your final schedule and what your goals would be then given that schedule? Yeah. So let's see, we got second week of September is going to elk second week of October. We're going to South Dakota for mule deer. And then obviously Iowa, Uh, Probably won't hunt much until, you know, mid-October. But as far as starting there for whitetails, um, I probably want to go – I probably want to get – I got a new deep freeze. So I want to fill that up. My goal this year is to kill three does. And I want to put that meat into my freezer because I threw a piece of cardboard out my window and it knocked the plug in uh, out of the wall and I didn't notice it. Oh no! Of my old deep freeze, and all my meat defrosted. 
uh, everything in there. So I had to throw away probably about, there wasn't a lot in there. I would say about 25 pounds of venison and it, it really pissed me off. So I want to fill that freezer up again and get my family back on the deer meat train, especially just the ground stuff that you can add to anything. Right. And then from the buck side of things, man, this might be a year where I eat my tag. Just, I got a couple of deer that have shown back up and I've only checked my trail cameras one time. I got a couple of deer that have shown back up and they're nice and they're good. And, uh, I might eat a tag for them. So, yeah, we, we got to talk a little bit about that. Um, but before we get to that real quick, what would a success for your elk trip look like? What's your goal for that Colorado elk trip? Shooting a bull, shooting a cow, just getting there. Yeah. I'm shooting the first elk that comes within shooting range with my bow. Now, if we're, if we're in the mix, right, we're going to be going during the rut or during the pre-rut, I guess you would say. And if I could get, and we're in the mix, right. And we're starting to hear bugling and they're responding and it's getting crazy. Like you see on a, one of those Primos videos, then I'll probably pass one to hopefully get a bull. But if it's real slow and we're not having the encounters and a, and a, a cow gives us the opportunity I'm going to, I'll probably take a shot at a doe and then mule deer in South Dakota. Like I said, that's such a, uh, that's such a brand new thing that just to see a mule deer buck in its natural environment through the spotting scope and maybe take a stock, even if I fail would be such a huge takeaway for me that I would consider that a success just to even get a stock in. Yeah, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. 
The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. And we need to take a quick break here to thank our friends at Onyx. And the Onyx Hunt app is something I'm using a lot this time of year. Here are two specific examples of what I've been doing recently. Number one, the mapping feature that allows you to mark an area and actually measure an area, like a polygon, create whatever shape you want on the map. It will tell you exactly what the acreage is. That's very handy when you're trying to plan out how much fertilizer or seed to use on a food plot. Number two, I've been setting up a bunch of new tree stand and tree saddle locations. When I'm marking those on my map as a waypoint, Onyx now has custom icons. You can choose the waypoint icon to look like a tree stand or ground blind, a trail camera, all sorts of other things just to make it that much easier when you look at your map to know exactly what waypoints mean what. Very handy tool. Check it out at your mobile app store of choice. We also want to thank our friends at Whitetail Properties and Spencer will take it from here. This week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Justin Mason, a land specialist out of Illinois. And Justin is going to be telling us about what are some often overlooked things that buyers forget to communicate with their agents. You know, I think oftentimes buyers overlook the fact that they're already working with me as an agent. So if they're browsing online uh, and they see a property that they like, they may just kind of impulse and call that other agent. And then they forget to mention that they're working with me as their agent. So they ask all these questions and then call me back and and tell me the news. And I say, well, did you first tell them that you're working with me um, just so that you don't step on the other agent's toes? So that's probably the most common overlooked thing that buyers, you know, forget to tell me as their agent. If you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that Justin currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash mason. That's M-A-S-O-N. Now, what about your back to Iowa, back to these bucks? Walk me through these handful of bucks that you think you're willing to pin your whole season on. Yeah, so, you know, we've talked about the Spencer Newharth buck. Yep. Right? So he's back this year. Uh, I don't know if he necessarily put on a ton of inches, but I think he's going to be a six-year-old this year, Uh, maybe a five-year-old. I don't know. But he's got the body. He's got the rack, right? He's a shooter. And I have an idea where he's cruising through. So he's, he's a hit lister. I mean, I just, I just, I'm coming off of a year where I just shot my biggest buck. So it's not like I need to shoot. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to put any restrictions on the first four-year-old that comes through uh, is going to get an arrow. That's not going to happen this year. I'm going to be more specific in what I'm targeting and and try to go with a set hit list. Now, barring that nothing gigantic walks through, you know, you know uh, that I don't have any history with or right. I don't have any trail camera pictures with. Yeah, so you're so, saying a big six-year-old 190 walks by that you've never seen before. You're not going to turn your nose up on it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he, he'll get an arrow sent his way. And, you know, I got a couple other deer that are returning customers from last year that are going to be really good. Uh, Hopefully they stick around and I can 
You know, there's a lot of things that are, are in play this year that weren't in play the year before. And that is this heavy rain in the spring caused some fields to be planted, just like you, you were talking about further and some new f- uh, fields that were in CRP previous years to be taken out of CRP. And now they're an ag. So I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the deer movement with these new fields in play. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, right? Just to, and I think I'll be able to learn it by putting some trail cameras up in these areas and, and checking them every once in a while. But I don't know. I, I feel like I'm on point with this farm now. And it, like I said, it took me seven years to f- figure some of this stuff out to where I think I got a shot at a really good deer this year. And if he, if he does what he's done the last two years, um, then I probably won't even start hunting until man, like November 5th or 6th or something like that. He doesn't, the last two years, he hasn't shown up until like the 11th or 12th. Uh, and he stuck around to the 18th and then he disappears and then he comes back pretty much for late season and then he's gone again. So we're talking about gnarly Charlie, right? That's right. So we got gnarly Charlie. Sounds like he's a November type of strike. Yep. Uh, October, and you only get one, you only have one tag in Iowa, only one archery tag, right? Well, I can get an archery tag and then I can buy a late season tag if I fill my, right? I can, I can use a, I can use a bow for a muzzleloader tag. Okay. So I guess what I'm trying to understand though is if you know you want to go for gnarly Charlie in late or, or mid November or something, you probably wouldn't want to target spencer or dork or something like that in early october because you don't want to shoot that with your bow and then not be able to hunt gnarly charlie on the 8th 9th 10th or whatever with your bow is that right 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 so that's why a i'm probably going to stay out of there yeah um i'll probably do some of those those observation hunts where i am hunting really easy access hopefully with some kind of visibility into the timber yeah um and you've been on that farm before and, and there's that huge valley where yep. you can see a long ways if you get into it. So my goal is to, you know, maybe just camp out on one of these easy access points and just watch. Yeah. And then if I see something or my trail cameras tell me something, then I'm going to jump in and go for the kill. Have you considered changing up your normal trail camera locations to more zero in specifically for gnarly. So instead of spreading them out where you usually do, have you thought about focusing all of your stuff in the zones you think he's most likely to be? Yep. And that's typically what I do every year is when I get a, a really good buck on camera, I, I take some down somewhere else and bring them in to hope, hopefully zero in, but I won't do that until the actual hunting season. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so gnarly Charlie is number one. Spencer's number two, probably is, is yeah. dork up there still? Yeah, man. He's a nine year old this year. That's nuts. And he's probably like in the one high one thirties. So what happens if it's like November 8th or 9th or 10th, you haven't seen gnarly yet, but this nine year old dork buck comes by that you've seen for six years now or whatever. We've been talking about them right. since the podcast started, I think. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Will, right. Are you going to have a hard time passing on him? See, I don't know, man. I, I have these debates. Let me ask, let me flip it and ask you that same question. Ugh, dude, I don't know. That's really hard because. I mean, you just came off of the exact same year that I had. You just shot your biggest buck ever. Yep. 
and I definitely come into this year feel just more picky. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I have, I have no pressure. You know, there's some years like if you don't kill a buck for a year or two, you're like, you know what? I just need to get back into it. I got to get some momentum again. I gotta, right. you know. I remember a few years ago we're like, ah, you, you shoot a shoot a shoot a four year old, shoot a buck, have that feeling again. You'll get after it. But then yeah. when you have that success, now it's like, well, I just want to hunt more. I want to challenge myself more. I want to wait and see what might be out there. And yeah, if I if I don't film a tag, whatever. Um, I kind of feel if I if I was in your scenario. And, and again, we've said this many times, score isn't everything, of course, but sometimes there's nothing wrong with being excited about a a deer that's really rare and exciting. And if you want to challenge yourself in that way, I have no problem with that. And I, myself, sometimes I'm like that, you know, like there was this buck Frank last year that he was, he was obviously mature, but then he was also the biggest antler deer I've ever seen before while hunting in Michigan. And that was really exciting. And I wanted to try to kill him. Um, so I would probably in your scenario, if I knew that Gnarly was still alive, like if I got at least one picture knowing that he was around and I thought I was in the game, I would probably not shoot anything else unless like a no-brainer, knock your socks off, something right. similar to Gnarly came by, at least for a while. I'd want to at least give it a chance. You know, I'd hate to go out there the first day of my rotation. And I mean, I don't know. It'd be like if Holyfield showed up again this year for me and he was like seven years old and 115 inches, but I'm also hunting 160 inch mega giant again. Um, it would be a huge dilemma. I don't know what I would do. Um, yeah. In that case, I I might shoot Holyfield just because it's been a crazy thing for me. Um, but in your scenario, I I could understand either way, whichever way you end up going, I would get it. But I think I would probably lean just a little bit towards at least give myself a chance to maybe see gnarly. Um, yeah. just it, to see him on the foot would be amazing. I mean, oh, yeah. and, the, and the same goes for a nine, a nine and a half year old buck who has pretty much been nocturnal on my farm the entire time that I've known him. Yeah. Right. So I, I have a feeling he goes somewhere else during the hunting season. Cause I don't get any pictures of him. I, I think early October, I'll get some pictures of him, but I don't know. There, there is a, there is a something cool about the rarity of antlers, but at the same time, there's, there's also a rarity to a really old buck that makes it through the winters and make, and his body's huge. And he's just, he's like the king shit of the world. And and you know what I mean? I I don't know. I'd say that's more rare than, uh, than antlers, you know, a nine and a half year old buck. I mean, you don't, you don't see that. No, that's unheard of. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Especially when it's, it's like a ghost. I mean, if, if you yeah. haven't been seeing it, like if he's just totally nocturnal, man, think about that story. If you're able to wrap your tag around a nine and a half year old buck that finally slipped up and you were able to capitalize on it, that'd be, that'd be awesome. So let me ask you guys this then, you know, like th- this is a podcast we're telling, we tell stories, you know, we're storytellers. So what, what's a better story? Hey man, I have two years of history um, with this one buck and he's got big antlers and I end up, you know, putting the piece of the puzzle together and I kill him or I got six years of experience with this deer. He's nine and a half years old, completely nocturnal. I figure him out and I, I, I shot him and killed him. Well, the- Josh, I mean, to me, that that to me, it's an easy answer. Um, I, I would say that nine and a half year old buck that you've got so much history with, 
um, regardless of what he scores. I, I, I just don't think you're going to have another opportunity at a nine and a half year old buck. Or, or if you do, it may be a long, long time. Yeah. Um, t- to me, that, that'd be my answer. So my, my answer would be this. It would be, I would, I would agree with Josh, except for all of your dork stuff has only ever been summer pictures. Like there, right. there's never right. been actual hunting encounters or hunting season strategy around him. Like he always disappears. So it's always been like, oh, I got a picture of him in the summer and then we don't hear about him until the next year. Oh, I got a picture of dork again. And then he disappears. If, if, if it became like a hunting thing, if you've been hunting him and seeing him for nine seasons and then I'd be like, no brainer, go after dork. Given that I would say, you know, six years of summer pictures kind of equals, in my mind, two years of hunting actual in-season back and forth, back and forth with a mega giant probably. And I will also say, if we're looking at story value to us internally, probably all those years. If we're looking at story value to the outside public, we're kidding ourselves. If, like, whether we like it or not, just the reality of the world is that huge deer just get people excited. I mean, that's just the yeah. truth of it. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting excited about a big deer. And this big deer you're after, like, people will get excited about it. Um, no doubt about that. So I think you've got two great stories. Whichever one ends up panning yeah. out, you're in good shape. So consider yourself lucky for that. Right. Well, you know, and there's still the, you know, that part of the, that part of the state right now is in a drought advisory. So who knows what happens? I mean, I've had deer disappear in the past, you know, never found them. Uh, EHD is a thing, is a real thing again this year. So, man, it's just, I, I always have these, these awesome conversations with everybody. Hey, what are you doing? You know, maybe flash and trail cam picks, whatever. But the, the truth of the matter is, I'm not making any decisions up until the day I get into that tree stand and a deer walks by. That's when I make my decision, right? If the, in the words of Dan Johnson in the year 2008, if he makes me go, uh, I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> That's a fact, man. That's a fact. <laughs> I'll always remember that clip. <laughs> That's a long uh, time ago. Yeah. Isn't that crazy how far back that goes? I know we're getting old, dude. Um, so I'll walk through my schedule for you guys. It's, it keeps on getting changed since the last time we talked about the stand. Um, so I'm doing this North Dakota hunt at the beginning of the season. It's August 30th through like September 7th. So that's a public land hunt. Um, Spencer Newharth is going to join me now for that one. So that should be cool. My goals for that hunt are to kill a mature buck. I'll be pumped if we can finally find a mature deer during hunting season and get an arrow. I feel like we kind of just didn't have enough time or didn't quite get to figure it out last year uh, when me and Josh were out there. So I want to take another stab. Um, so that's my goal there. I just want to figure it out. Like it's just been like a little bit of a thorn in my side. So I need that, whatever that feeling is, the fulfillment of answering the question right that's what i need to figure out there um and then i'll come back for a couple weeks take care of stuff around the house be a dad again and then october 1st and that whole time will begin a bunch of michigan hunting for me hunting a couple spots in michigan um and then that mid-october hunt that 
uh, Josh talked. Well, I am going to go on one of those field of fork mentor hunts with Josh and mentor some new hunters. And then, yeah, the third week in October, we're shooting for the Minnesota hunt. Um, I agree with Josh. My goal there is to just see some deer and survive. Um, if we survive the trip, find some deer, I will be like, wow, we did great. Um, as far as what I would shoot, I will shoot probably anything that's legal. Um, that's my, my goal from a, what I will target on that hunt. I'd be to take any deer out of there. I feel like canoeing in, you know, 10, 15, 20 miles or whatever ends up being in that kind of wilderness. I feel like getting in and out of there with a deer would be one heck of an accomplishment. Um, so that's my Minnesota thoughts. Um, and then get back again, focusing on Michigan through the rut this year. Um, and then Ken Roven up to our deer camp. Same thing as Josh. Looking forward to that. Would love to take a nice buck up there. I will say that my goals as far as Michigan deer this year are a little bit location dependent in that up there at the deer camp, I would happily shoot a three-year-old. Like if there's like a decent little three-year-old buck, I would shoot that thing in a heartbeat up there. That'd be amazing. Um, while down in southern Michigan and these other spots, I'm becoming much more picky. Um, just cause I, I, I know there's some potential. I've been putting in a lot of time and work. I'm, I'm just trying to ramp it up to that next level now, especially, I mean, I can't set my standards by Frank cause that's unrealistic for most years around here, but I'd be lying if I don't see him in my, the back of my mind a lot when I'm like, you know, like the, just some deer jumps don't have the same jaw dropping effect they used to have after I've now had a bunch of encounters with a deer like Frank here. Um, so I'm sure I'll be brought back down to reality this season. It's guaranteed to happen, but, but there's uh, something about that area though, Mark, that is holding good deer. Yeah. Right. It's not a coincidence that uh, Holyfield got old, that deer got old. And so it's not to say that another deer won't get old in that, in that neighborhood. True. I, I feel like that's an under, like you're, you're underestimating yourself. That's a good point. It definitely has, it ha this little spot I've been hunting for, it's like eight years now or something. I th it's come a long way. It has been cool to see the progress. You know, those first few years I was hunting here, I was lucky to have one three-year-old to hunt. And then fast forward to years like five, six, then, you know, I saw there was one buck that maybe was four one year. And then the Holyfield years, you had this one buck that kept coming back for three years in a row, made it to five or six. That was, that was cool. And that you're right. There's, there's a couple properties that I think that act as sanctuaries. And then I do think, um, and I don't want to pat myself on the back too much here, but I, I think it's probably fair to say that the fact that I've been, handling the property i can hunt with like kids gloves like white you know like white gloves i think is the term like i'm so careful try to be so clean when i hunt it i think that's probably helped and i've been trying to improve habitat on it as much as i can i have a lot of good food out there most years now i think that's helped have more deer hang out on my property that then i'm the one that gets to make the trigger decision on so instead of all these bucks being all over the place and getting shot by everyone, a disproportionate number hang out in my food sources where I'm passing on 99% of them. So I do think that probably has helped. Um, so you're right. I, I think there's a good chance there could be a four-year-old again, and I hope that buck is going to be Tran. He was the three-year-old last year that I saw a lot. I did. Um, I've been starting to put together a little spreadsheet on him, and I have 
I think the number is 15 different days during the hunting season last year, I have either a daylight photos of him or daylight actual visual encounters of him. So of the three-month season, so 90 days, he was moving 15 days in daylight that I can confirm. That's pretty good for a Michigan buck. Um, so I think he's pretty killable if he if he comes back. I have not gotten a confirmed trail camera picture of him yet. Um, but my summer trail camera pictures around here are usually pretty lousy anyway, so I'm not putting too much too much into that. Um, but yeah, definitely a four-year-old or older. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. I did. I have been getting some some uh, scouting intel. There's a pretty darn nice 10-pointer I've been seeing here recently. I saw him three days in a row last week. Some across the road from the main property I can hunt. A couple days actually on the property I could hunt and he he he's either a really nice three-year-old or like just a good solid four-year-old I don't know yet so hard to tell like when they're standing chest high and soybeans and stuff um, but if he's a four-year-old he'll be a no-brainer um, he's probably gonna be mid uh, mid 130s if I'm trying to be conservative with it you could you know if you twist my arm and I'm really excited I would say he's high 130s but in reality, once the velvet comes off, he's probably a little smaller. But he's like a really nice Michigan buck. Any other year, I mean, if I look back over all the years I've hunted this property, Frank was obviously the biggest. This buck would probably be the second largest deer that I've had 
Well, there was, there was one other mega giant that showed up a couple times in the summer really early. But consistently, if this buck sticks around, he'll be the second biggest deer probably this, that, that's been here if, if he becomes a huntable buck. So, so that's pretty cool. How far is he from how, your house? Can you, can you answer that or from, your, from the, that property? How far is he from that property? Um, yeah, well, to make him huntable. Oh, well, twice I've seen him on the property I can hunt. Oh. And then once I saw him just across the road from it. So very huntable. Um, if he, you know, if his summer range is the same as his fall, if he stays around, he seems like, and I've gotten a bunch of pictures of him too. So he's been very much on the property I hunt so far this summer. So fingers crossed that could be a good situation. Um, but yeah, that's, you don't have any, you don't have any pictures of him. You haven't pulled cards since you've seen him yet. Have you? I do have pictures of him. You do this year. Okay. Yep. Yep. I went and looked back that original nice buck that I posted pictures of right when I got back from Montana. That was him. He was just hadn't him. he yeah. just hadn't grown much time length that when I had that picture. Um and then I have multiple pictures of him, like profile view, walk I don't have any really good like head on pictures of him. Um, but multiple profile shots as he walks to the side, you know? Yeah. So it'll, he's around. It'll be in, it'll be interesting to see what those deer do um on that main piece you can hunt now that it's like planted in two different things. I think you said that's the first time that's happened since you've been there. Yeah. Um, since you've been hunting, it'll be interesting to see how that has a has an effect on which deer stay, which deer leave. Um, maybe it'll hold more deer. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, we need to take another quick break here to thank our friends at Morton Buildings, who are the builders of wood frame steel sided buildings. If you need more space for your deer mounts, like my wife is saying to me, or if you need somewhere to store your tractor or want a building on your new deer hunting property to put some bunks in or an ATV or a skinning shack, Morton Buildings should be one of the first options to check out. I'm super intrigued. I keep on waiting to put one of these up somewhere someday. That is the hope. And I've been learning more about what they have to offer by visiting mortonbuildings.com. And I suggest you do the same. And while we're at it, I also want to thank Vortex Optics. And it's that time of year that I'm out there watching bucks in the crop fields. And I would say that a good spotting scope can make all the difference in how enjoyable that kind of evening activity is. I personally have been rocking the Vortex Viper HD scope most often. And I'm using a phone scope attachment so I can attach my phone to that scope. And then I can photograph and video deer with my iPhone really easily. It turns out great. I love it. You also get to see the screen, you know, instead of looking through the eyepiece, which is great, but you can now also attach your phone, which is super handy. And the Vortex Viper HD gets me a nice, crisp, clear image and really reaches out there and touches these deer. So if you are hoping to do something similar over these final weeks leading up to the season, I'd encourage you to check out what Vortex has to offer as far as their spotting scopes. And you can find that at vortexoptics.com. Yeah, I don't think I told you that, Dan, but that main farm now is, is usually it's always just one type of crop. It's either corn or beans and it's rotated every year. But this year, because of how wet it was early, they planted corn on one side of the farm, but they didn't plant the north side of the farm till late in the summer or late in the spring. And that's beans. So for the first time, I've got both major crops on the farm. Well, that's going to help, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what that does for things. So 
so yeah, I mean, this new buck, we've been kind of calling him Risky Business, is what my buddy, well, you know, you know, Corey, Corey dubbed him Risky Business, uh, because if he's a three-year-old, he's in, like, it's very risky for him to come close to me because of how impressive he looks. Um, but I'm still like, on the fence. If he's a three-year-old, would I take that buck? I don't know, because he'd be, like I said, the second biggest deer I've ever been able to hunt here. But he's not, if he's not a four-year-old, that makes him, it's a tough decision for me. I don't know. I just kind of have to feel that one out. Um, so RB is definitely one I'm paying attention to. And then I'm, I think Tran's going to show back up. And if Tran shows back up, he'll be a stud, I think. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, what you should do is, and I, I'm, I'm doing this in quotations and one's a regular quotations and one looks like a comma, but finger <laughs> quotes that. Oh yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> okay. I should apostrophe. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, but anyway, Oh uh, Dan. Yeah. Idiot. Uh, <laughs> but you should accidentally take a lawnmower and run over some of those beans <laughs> knock them down a little <laughs> or or do it legally and, and not accidentally run over them but ask the farmer to see if he can keep some of them up that would be nice pay him pay him like you know pay him for however many bushels come out of an acre and say hey man will you leave an acre of beans up or you know a half acre or something like that it would be awesome to have an acre standing beans i mean that that pull them in no doubt about that I'm always amazed though here how much they 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 hammer the bean fields even after they're they're uh harvested for a long time. There must be a lot of waste grain. This farmers combine must miss a lot cuz they stay on those picked fields for much longer than I've seen in many other places. So it's always it seems to be I get a lot of good food source action still well into late season. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting hunting, like, you know, kind of similar to you on your main farm. I've been hunting this main farm now for eight years or something like that. So I have a lot of experience with it. I didn't have to do a lot of new work on it. I just checked the straps on my existing stands. I prepped one new location. Um, I got to finalize my food plots. I'm still dealing with that. Um, but I know kind of what's happening. I'll hunt my main spots until I see different behavior. And if I see different behavior, I'll just run and gun, hang a saddle somewhere new. Um, but I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I don't think I've got a pretty good handle on what's happening. So I do have a new farm I'm hunting this year, um, that Josh will hunt a couple of times. We probably, we've been doing some work out there recently and, and that'll be a brand new one. That'll be some new, a lot, a lot of learning to do, do there. So I don't know what to expect if, if, you know, I still haven't gotten any trail camera pictures of a mature buck out there. So I don't know what's there, but I gotta believe there'll be something eventually. So that's like a big TBD. I don't have a whole lot of exciting stuff to share, but but hopefully by the time season comes around, that'll be like my second really good kind of local spot, and we'll have something to talk about there at that point. But question marks otherwise. And I guess the one other the one other hunt I told you last time we talked about our schedule that I was going to try to do this New York hunt and do like a big woods tracking a deer in the snow. That one fell through but it's been replaced with a late season muzzleloader hunt in Nebraska with a bunch of the mediator crew. So going to try some public land um, late in the year out there and see what that's like. So that'll be a wild card. I have no expectations. I don't know what that'll be like, but um, that'll just be a fun time to get out there and explore a, a different landscape again. So that's and it's, and it's paid for by the company. 
Yeah, that is a, uh, it's, it's nice to be able to have my hunting <laughs> be work as well. So that's what my season looks like. It's, it's, it's going to be a busy one. And did we talk about this on the podcast yet? Did I tell you this, Dan? I don't know if I did tell you this. This is what I've got a second child in the way. Did I tell you that? I didn't know that until right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm so like lost on like who knows and what. Yeah, we got another one on the way. So that makes awesome. it a little interesting. Awesome. Get that vasectomy, buddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. This is the end for us. So That's good. That's con- well, first off, congratulations. Thanks. Right? Thank you. Yeah, and, number uh, two was a little scary though after everything you told me. All right. Now, t- now how, old's your, how old's your boy right now? He's a little over a year and a half now. A little over a year and a half. Okay, cool. So he's really close to my uh, my son. Yep. So let's see. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl yet? We do not know yet. Do not know. Are you going to find out? We are going to find out. We'll get to find out in September. Cool. Well, congratulations. And yeah, don't have three, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> any, any, any advice for having a toddler and a pregnant wife at the same time? How should I deal with that during hunting season? Anything I need to be a little more careful about? Yeah, man. Get out of the house. That's how yeah. you deal oh, with just it. Just get out. <laughs> just <laughs> run away. Leave, leave for a week <laughs> up to Minnesota with no service and yeah. go to Nebraska. And, yeah. My wife's so a what's trooper. The due date? Uh it's it's should be the exact same due date that ever it was. So early February. Early February. Were you planning for this? I mean, Given your um, respective career, were you planning to have a baby after January? We definitely uh, – we weren't planning to have one yet. We were thinking like a little bit later. We would try like a few – like a handful of months later. Maybe we'd start, exp- you know, trying to make that happen. Um, say, were you about to say start exploring? <laughs> I was going to say experimenting. But maybe oh, that, that, that yeah, We're going to try some new things this time, you know, some, some- – we're going to do some things a lot different. We're going to explore each other's bodies this time. <laughs> I was trying to avoid this conversation. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're, we we definitely do try to keep hunting season in mind. Um, so we wanted to avoid hunting season, but it was a little bit of a surprise, but uh, but certainly not so outside of the realm of possibility that it was totally shocking. So, yeah, we're excited. But of course, it brings all sorts of new things to mind, and and that will probably change my hunting season a little bit. If if you know if the pregnancy is more of a struggle for her, if she's not feeling well or whatever, that I might need to cut back on some stuff and be around more. But um, yeah, this will be the last hunting season with just one, so gotta take advantage of it, I suppose. Too. I've got one final thing I want to cover with everyone because I feel like we've covered our plans. We've covered our big goals. Um, you know, like my big goal was mature buck in North Dakota, survive Minnesota. I think I can kill two mature bucks in Michigan between the three different farms I talked about and then Nebraska, just have a good time. Um, no expectations there. Um, I want us each to think of a challenge for one of the other two here. So you can, we could either give a challenge to each person, or if we just want to each pick someone and give them a chance. We've done this in the past years, Dan. We're going to give one piece of advice or one thing we want the other guy to do this coming season or in the coming weeks leading up to the season. So we've got just something to push us a little harder. So I've got a couple. I've got one for each of you. Um, 
and then I'll give you guys time to think of yours. So, for Josh, my challenge for you is to, we kind of already touched on this, but I still want to lock down one good piece of private land that you can hunt without having to ask someone else if you can do it. So if that's this one piece that you've already been talking about, if you've got it positioned now that you can hunt it on your own and you're in good place, just lock that down. I'm, my challenge for you is to get that locked and to get it prepped so that you can be out there in early November or whenever you find the time and you can get that buck. So that's my personal challenge to you. I really want to see you kill a good one in Michigan this year. I, I like that. I think that's a good one because that'd be the challenge I would have given myself. <laughs> so that's a good. That's a good one. Maybe it was too easy. Um, my challenge for Dan, because of some of the struggles, not struggles, but challenges that both you and I have had over the years, and we've talked about it. My challenge to you is to try to find time to continue your bow practice in season. So make sure that the season doesn't hit and then you just are running around and you don't shoot your bow anymore. We gotta, we both need to have some killer shots on deer this year, I think. And I think for both of us to do that, we gotta keep, keep up our good habits that we're working on now. We gotta keep that all the way through the season so we don't all of a sudden have a month that passes by during the season we haven't been shooting our bow. So that's my personal challenge to you. Um, those are my two. Do either one of you have an idea that you want to share for any of us? I will say something to Josh, and this is in all seriousness, by the way, it's not meant to be a joke, but you only have one kid. And I heard you, you I heard you already talking about, man, I got to make sure I get home and, 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 uh, be there for my wife when she needs me and family. How old's your kid now? Like just a couple months. He's right? like six weeks old. Okay. Six weeks. Right. So that is probably the easiest age to take care of a child. Yep. Right. Do like I, this is, this is, and I I know it's stressful time of year. You you know, you're, you're just new parents, but one kid is easier to take is easier to watch than two kids. Two kids are easier to watch than three kids. A baby is easier to watch than a toddler, a toddler, a toddler is easier to watch than, and then you get into activities and your hunting is time as you get older with your family is actually going to shrink. So my challenge to you is although you do have a kid, take advantage of this time to still continue to hunt and make sure you put in time for hunting too. I mean, it's your passion, right? Like I said, I didn't, I, I think it, I think it will. I, I think I, I'm, I'm confident that like, we'll kind of figure it out. Right. We'll settle into like a good, um, a good right. routine with him. And, and I think I'll have more time than maybe what I'm thinking I will right now. Um, so that's, that's what I'm hoping for anyway. Um, so no, I think that's a, that's some great points there. Yeah. And then for Mark, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I wish I could hunt as much as you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily have a challenge for you other than, I know there's times on some of your farms where I, I you play on the side of caution mm-hmm. and I almost feel like there's a time come, especially a, a year where you're coming off killing an absolute stud animal to, to try and be aggressive and maybe I'm wrong and an aggressive move doesn't work, but maybe I'm right. And an aggressive move 
maybe early in the season or um, when a deer pops up and you take a, a, a slow step first before you take the fast step, take the fast step first and see what happens. I like it. I definitely, I feel like every year that's something that I like that I have in the back of my mind too, is I'm getting more and more comfortable with being a little more aggressive. So I think that's a good yeah. challenge. Thank you for that, Dan. Josh, you got anything? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm still thinking of one for Dan here, but I got one for you. And, and we've talked a, a little bit about it before, probably on air and off air. But just to just to make sure you're 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 enjoying it, right? Like not stressing yourself out too much about um, what you need to be doing, and 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 um, just making sure you remember what it's all about and uh, have a good time. Um, that'd be my my one challenge. And, and I think you you've come a long way with that. I think probably. Um, having Everett and having the year that you had last year kind of helped put things in perspective. But I just, I, I, I worry about you when you get stressed out about stuff. So just, uh, keep, keep that all in perspective and, and what you're getting to do. Um, and Dan, man, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think maybe along your lines of stuff, being aggressive, I know you're going to be on a couple of, uh, out of state hunts that are probably going to be what, just a week in, in time and yeah. just making sure you stay aggressive. I, I think that was one of my mistakes in North Dakota last year was not being aggressive enough. Um, so yeah, just, just stay after them, get in tight on them if you can. And, and, uh, you only got a week, can't screw it up too bad. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and it's public land. So it's yeah, almost like know. it's meant to be screwed, screwed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. I've got one more actually for all three of us. And it kind of ties into situations that we're all in for different reasons. Um, you know, Dan, you and I have had at times occasional struggles with rushing our shots and stuff. Josh, you, haven't necessarily had that problem, but you know, you're still, you know, haven't hunt, you haven't killed 2 billion deer yet. Um, so I think all three of us, a good thing to do would be to try to kill more deer in general, like kill more does this year, just because we had this conversation with Mark Drew the other day and that there's nothing that prepares you to handle the moment of truth better than just being in it often, being in that moment often and dealing with it. And so for me, dealing with these different variations of target panic over the last couple of years and trying to just lock down a better shot process. Um, I switched to this back tension release that we've been talking about. And for me, a personal goal is to, is to shoot more deer with my bow using that back tension release, just to have like a newfound rock solid confidence in that thing. Um, so personally, I want to target does earlier than usual, early and often and go into the rut, like feeling like ice cold, gonna make it happen no matter what because i've already yeah because i've already put three does on the ground or whatever it is and i've had perfect shots like i want perfect shots this year i don't want to have a shot that's like well it was a little back or well it was a little high but i got him um i've had too many shots like that over the years that they got the job done i've been very fortunate to only wound one deer i didn't find right away um but i don't want to have those well it was okay i want perfect shots this year that's my big goal for myself um so I'm working hard trying to make it happen and um, we'll see if it comes together, but that's what I'm trying to push myself to do. So with that, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Um, I'm good to wrap it up. If you guys are, I got to go fishing. So yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> nice. God, you're living the dream now, man. That's nice. yeah. Right. You should have yeah. seen my week this week. <laughs> I deserve to go fishing. All right. You deserve I'm to go fishing. fishing. 
three kids doesn't sound so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Josh. And uh, before you know it, a few more weeks, we're going to be out there with the bows and arrows. So uh, let's get after it. And that will do it. Another episode is on the shelf. Hope you guys enjoyed this fun one, BSing a little bit, and uh, setting things up for the upcoming season. As you know, we like to have these in-depth interviews with different experts across the country. But then I also think it's important that we share our own personal stories so you can kind of see how we're trying to implement the different ideas that we're learning from all these guests throughout the year. So now you know kind of what we're shooting for, what we're trying for, what's up to come in the coming weeks and months. And uh, hopefully you'll follow along. Hopefully you have some some exciting trips and hunts of your own and hopefully laid out some goals you can be working towards. And uh, in the meantime... I just want to thank you for spending this time with us. Thanks for laughing along, for following along with our journey. And when we chat to you next, I hope you'll stay wired to hunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.